0: Shalom, Chanukah Sameach. So we are on now the third day of Chanukah. And Nachamu, Ner Chanukah Mosif V'Holech. Nachamu, Nachamu, that should be our uh, comfort. That Ner Chanukah Mosif V'Holech. Well, what does that theme come from? Ner Chanukah Mosif V'Holech. Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami. There is that Machloket that we all know very well between... uh, the house of Hillel and Shammai regarding the way in which we light our Hanukkah lights. If we light on the first day eight, then seven, then six, then five, then four, then three, then two, then one, or we go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and we go upwards. Uh, there is a beautiful um, explanation of this machloket. There are many explanations of this uh, dispute uh, in Rabbi Zevin's Le Torah V'le Moadim. And he, he says there are two ways that you can look at light. You can look at it as a cleansing fire that destroys, you know, it destroys the fire, uh, gets rid of anything that is bad. Or you can look at the fire as lighting up the darkness, which is a theme that we have already addressed, how light comes in and it lights up a whole area that is dark. Rabbi Zevin wants to suggest that uh, Shammai understands that the Mikdash, the chinuch the, the of the Beit Midrash, comes through getting rid of bad, sur You have to get rid of the bad before you can do the good. And that indeed is the way that Mesilla Yisharim Ramchal builds his book. You have to have zahirut before you have zrizut. He says there's no way you can do positive commandments properly if you have not, uh, disabled or got rid of the bad things in your life. So you have to be Sur Meirah and then Asay Tov. Uh, and that would be uh, Shammai's uh, approach here that you start with a lot of fire on the first day of Hanukkah to get rid of the, the bad and, and slowly as you're getting rid of it you go down to seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Uh, but Hilo's approach is something else because of course it, there is a question always when you're learning Mesirat Yisharim what I can't do is result until I've done Zahirut. I can't do positive stuff until I've got rid of all of the negative it'll take me a lifetime to get rid of all my negative attributes and by then I'll be too old to do anything positive so uh, the approach which is a Hasidic approach and the approach of Rav Zevin, who says this is the approach of Hillel is Nech Hanukkah Mosif Veholech, which is you add light to the darkness all the time. Each day we add more and more light. And, and in that way, even though there is darkness around them, we are able to live in that light around the darkness. And that, of course, is the Halacha. I actually feel that it would be a bit depressing uh, to start Hanukkah with eight days and slowly peter out of the Chag on, on the last day with one there. Uh, it, it, even though, obviously, you're used to what you're used to, and if, if that was the halacha, that would be what we did. Uh, but, but it is nice each day uh, to start with that one light, and then two lights, and then three lights, and then four lights, until you get to that beautiful Zot, Hanukkah, of eight lights, where, where the darkness is totally lit up, uh, which is the way Rabbi Zevin understands. How do you get rid of bad? But I say tov, you just do good. Uh, the more good you do, the more, the more positive you are, uh, you can you can continue to live in the dark. But if all the time you simply uh, reject uh, and, and say, this is bad, and this is bad, and this is bad, it's a very hard psychological reality to live with. Uh, the ability to live in the dark, by the way, is beautifully reflected by Yosef. Um, something that I mentioned in Sheikh Ali last week, just in case you missed it, is that uh, when Yosef is in Potiphar's house, right at the beginning in Pasha Vayeshev of his, of his Galut. As far as Yosef is concerned, this relates to the question, that question I've, I have talked about in the past and everyone talks about really, is why Yosef didn't call home. Why in all of those years that he was in exile, and for many of those years he was working in the palace, or, or certainly in high governmental position, why didn't he try, even attempt, to get hold of Yaakov? It wasn't so far away. Egypt, from, from the south of Israel, which was or, or Avot used to live, it's not not far, and there 's so many people going backwards and forwards. we know that 's how Yosef was sold why didn 't he try and get hold of his father? Ravio binun uh, suggests, and uh, I know that Ramidan disputes, but it still makes a lot of sense to me that Raviel Binun suggests that when Yosef arrives at the to see his brothers uh, uh, his brothers immediately throw him in the pit. And there is no conversation there 's no communication there 's no row. They pick him up and throw him in a pit, and the next thing he knows he 's on his way down to Egypt either through Midianim or Yishmaelim, or through both of them. And the question is, what was Yosef's perception of what just happened? Yosef's perception of what just happened was that that his brothers and his father were in cahoots, in the same way that Yishmael was kicked out the family by Sarah, in the same way that Esav was kicked out the family by Rivka. Yosef was kicked out the family by the brothers. It's clear that there wasn't a a power struggle amongst the brothers, because after the brothers got rid of Yosef, as to say, they, they Essentially sat down to eat. There, there wasn't a further power struggle between Yehuda and Ruvain. They they just got on with life. As far as they were concerned, they needed to get rid of Yosef. Joseph. So Yosef's down in Egypt, and he is very successful in everything that he's doing. And he, he is very close to Potiphar's wife, Machukit Ravu But but according to many, and Rashi quotes some of those opinions in um, I think from the Gomorrian Sutta, when Yosef went that day to meet Potiphar's wife, he was about he was about to give up everything. Why shouldn't he? As far as he's concerned, he's been thrown out the family. He is one candle in Egypt. He is one light in Egypt. He's on his own. He's the only one around himself who believes. There's no shtib there, there's no Beit Knesset, there's no community, there's nothing. He is the only uh, successor of the abrahamic family of the of the beliefs of judaism in egypt one candle in egypt uh, and Yosef is about to throw it away but he sees he sees a picture of his father as he is about to do an act with potiphar's wife and he runs away uh, and and here, it's clear that Yosef had many, many struggles while he was down in Egypt, but but the way he survived was being a candle in the darkness of Egypt. Egypt was a dark place, a place where Avram had to run away from with his wife, at the advice of the leader of the country, because, because he didn't know what they would do with Sarah at some stage if they didn't get out of there. Even the king, the pharaoh of the country, couldn't trust his own people. Uh, and Avram got out of there so quickly, and Yosef is now down there long term, he's down there long term for a large part of his life. He is a candle. He is a candle in Egypt. But what does he do with that candle in Egypt? What does that one candle do in that Choshech? Over a period of time, when the family comes down there, that candle, that, the advice of Yosef, which is in itself a very, very interesting discussion. Yosef, who is probably the the success story of, uh, of Torah, it's of a person who's able to go out in the world and, and look after his religious beliefs and persevere in his religious objectives when his father and brothers come down, he does not say, come and live in Cairo. He says, go, let's take a place called Goshen, and that's where you will live, not Goshen, New Jersey. Let's take a place in Goshen where you you will live, and there will be a Jewish community there, meaning Yosef goes down to Egypt as one candle. And, And by the end, we have a thriving Jewish community in in Galus, in, in, in Mitzrayim, in Goshen, uh, and Nechanukha, the light lights up the darkness. Where does it go wrong? Where it goes wrong is over a period of time at the beginning of Parashat Shemot, where instead of going Lagursham to be there temporarily, yashvusham, they, they decided to settle there, and they assimilated and they lost the lights. When you put your candles in the dark, when you put your shemen in in the dark outside, which is what we have to do. There are halachic guidelines of how to do that. The, if, you, if you light a candle in the dark, uh, let's say shemen in the dark, shemen is preferable. If I light my nerot in the dark, I have to protect the nerot, right? If, if I take a, a, a regular Hanukkiah and I put it outside and it happens to be that there's no wind, that minute when I light, I'm able to light the, the, the lights, if a wind comes and blows it out, I haven't done anything. So when I have my Hanukkiah in the dark, when I am lighting up the darkness in the way that Hillel says, according to Rav Zeven, I have to protect... Nerachanuka. It has to be in a protective place. I, I can be out in the darkness. I should be out in the darkness. I should know that my Judaism can survive in the darkness, that, that we can survive in the darkness. We cannot be a religion that is only based on light, on, on absolute clarity. I mean, for heaven's sake, we've been in Galut more than we've ever been in Eretz Israel. And if you try to uh, you try to measure the amount of time in our history, which has been idyllic, I think you will come to about 40 years. There were 40 years where Am Yisrael lived together, united in a Beit Mikdash in, in, in Israel. And that was, the four, that, that was the reign of Shlomo HaMelech. After that, the kingdom split. Before that, we didn't have a Beit Mikdash. So in all of our years, of almost three and a half millennia since Avram Avinu, um, we, we have had an idyllic reality for about 40 years. So we have to know how to live in the dark because we've had more khanayot than we've had hasaot. We've, we've, we've been on, in this journey through the midbar and we've stopped uh, more than we've traveled for a longer time. We've been stopping on our journey until we get to menuchah until we get to our destination. In order to get where we need to get, we have to know how to light our candles in the dark. And one idea that we have here is that you light your candles in the dark, but you have to protect your candles. And they, each one of them has to be a separate light. We don't light a bonfire in the dark. We light separate candles. We have to be together in the box, but we have to uh, preserve our individuality. And it, it is so reflective in the mitzvot of Hanukkah. It's such a beautiful hug in the middle, in the middle of... I know we don't bring a Korban Chagiga. It's still a hug for me. It's my favorite hug. It, it's just a beautiful thing. And more than that, Hanukkah. I saw this in Talalay Chaim. Hanukkah is like Purim. There's no issue of melacha on Hanukkah. Why? Uh, on Yontav, there's is Isu Melacha, because the idea of Yontav is, is leaving Chol and going into, and going into Kodesh. But, but Chanukah is about living in Chol and lighting up Chol. So there's no Isu Melacha. We take a bit of Cholfesh, I'm enjoying a bit of Chol fish very much. Uh, 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 but, but, but we still do Chol, right? We, we still do Chol in the Kodesh, uh, because, because that's the point of Chanukah, is being able to light up our individual lights together with everyone else's individual lights, and individual people's self-expression with community. But we have to protect the lights in the darkness. We have to learn how to live in the darkness. And we have, as a people, learned how to live in the darkness. And our people, over the last few months, have been in pitch black darkness. Pitch black darkness. And and learning how to get through from Simchat Torah. We had a bracha this Shabbat. My my son came, one son came from the Golan. He came uh, Thursday night. And then, as we were lighting Chanukah lights, my son, who's been in Gaza for six weeks, he came home uh, and the family was together. Khatan was missing as it happens, but the family was together for the first time since Shabbat Cholamoid. Uh, for the first time since Shabbat Cholamoid. A lot of, lot of simcha, uh, a lot of light. But this light we have, we have created in the darkness. It is so much Malti When, when I see these pictures of, of soldiers lighting up Hanukkiot in the middle of Gaza City, a place which is just a celebration of murder and terrorism and everything wrong with the human race. Uh, for our soldiers to go there and light Chanukah lights is, is the most fantastic thing. And I have said many times the uh, when Havdil Elif Havdalot when I'm often this time of the year, normally just after Hanukkah or just before hanukkah I'm at Stern College for the Alumni Shabbat. And I always say that I feel that Yeshiva University Stern College in the middle of Manhattan, which is dark for other reasons, not for the same reasons as, as, as Gaza City. That's a place, I call America, is a place of good people uh, with good intention, even if sometimes mistaken intention, um, but, but, but it's still darkness, it's still holy darkness in, in, in the middle of Manhattan. You have these buildings standing up where people are learning Torah on that seventh floor in, in Stern College and in the base of Medrash in Yeshiva University and other places I'm sure which I just don't know of. Again it's lighting lighting up the darkness, but knowing how to protect, to protect that light so that it can survive in the darkness. We should all have a Chanukah Sameach and Besorot Tovot.